One of the most challenging things for parents is bedtime. What's with bedtime? Why is it sometimes such a battle? We're going to talk about bedtime this week on Parenting on Purpose. That was Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries here on Parenting on Purpose. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and this week we have special guest, Tori Roberts, with us. Happens to be Dr. Barnes's daughter and my friend. Can we hyphenate so. that? Tori no, my Barnes. My friend. That's no, the best. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I think I'm going to lose in here today. Yes. But this is a great topic because of even what happened to you. Yes, last I was. Night. I was up every 30 minutes with my one-year-old last night, who's cutting molars. So wonderful. We would like lots of insight on bedtime. Yes, so we have no answers for cutting. <laughs> Just molars. questions. Yes, but your three-year-old, we may have some answers for, or your 12-year-old that you don't have or whatever it is, but it is a battle. Bedtime is a battle and there's a lot of reasons why it's a battle. And I think it shocks us that it's a battle because first of all, it's not a battle for me. Thank you. You told me it's time to go to bed. I'm all in. In fact, I've been asleep sitting on the couch talking to my wife anyway. Um, But think about this. That's another topic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we'll bring mom in here for that. I'm in the womb. I come out of the womb. I'm in this other strange womb every night when I go to sleep called the crib or whatever the contraption is to keep them in. And all of a sudden, there's no walls. It's awesome. And so that's one of the issues of me just getting out of bed or the other issue with your youngest who's in a bed with walls and waking you up and crying and all the different issues. There's a lot of stuff with bedtime, but there's a lot of power I have. As a child, I have power, but also let's remember, I am a child. I know there is a parenting philosophy out there, just let them cry it out. And that's not always the thing to do. Sometimes their cries aren't really cries, and every mom knows the difference, and they're just manipulation. But there's a lot of things going on in that forming little mind and forming little imagination that we've just got to learn how to handle bedtime and learn that bedtime has huge implications in the future. Yes. So you're saying that a one one-year-old has lots of power and they, you tell me, you've got the one-year-old story. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting here half asleep today because of the power of my one-year-old. <laughs> no, think about the power that I have. You, you can't make me go to sleep. It's kind of like toilet training power. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of power in my life. You're picking me up when the little ones, the pre-toddler and the toddler, you're picking me up. You're carrying me everywhere. There's a freedom I have. You you may put me in that crib. That doesn't mean I'm going to sleep in that crib. Mm. You can try to toilet train me. It's when I want to learn uh, how to use the potty. So there's a battle of my will in some cases in this situation that's huge. And the parent has to find the way, and we're going to talk about that this week, but to beat the battle of the will, if that's what it is. I may be in the crib, uh, or I may be in my new big boy bed, but you're not keeping me in here. Uh, So there is a very, very definite battle. Now, you have two boys that have different personalities, too. They're very similar, actually. (laughs) Yes, we're finding out. But does personality have something to do with it in regards to this will, the battle? Maybe. Maybe the strong will. Then, I mean, I think all of them go through a bedtime issue. I think it's just part of growing up. Um, I mean, Wow, I don't want my day to end. I don't want to be alone. Why would I want to be alone? I've owned you. And uh, now you're putting me in here. Whoa, you're turning the lights out. There's nowhere near enough toys in here. 
And, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm really sleepy. I mean, I am sleepy. In fact, sometimes I'm so sleepy that I can't even sleep mm-hmm. anymore. And so we're going to talk tomorrow about the power of routine. Getting a child mm. into a routine is very helpful. But, you know, I, I don't want this day to end. It's been a day of owning everybody. And I have a little bit of, I mean, I, just thinking through five different reasons that bedtime is a challenge. Fear of being alone. And fear of being alone for all ages of children, uh, especially if one parent has left, uh, you know, talking to single moms um, after dad has left and how the kids for a period of time actually want to sleep with her. Can we sleep with you, mom? Um, and there's almost a subliminal, we want to make sure you don't go, mm-hmm. even though I know you're not going, but can we sleep with you? And how many single moms were have been afraid to say, is that okay? And yeah, of course it's okay. It has to come to an end though. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they're not going to sleep with you in college. Um, and there <laughs> may be, be yeah, there may be a point in time where you get married again. And that just adds to the trauma oh, when all of a sudden they're replaced. I mean, mm-hmm. but there's yeah. a, there's some development involved in learning to be alone. I, I think a real one, a big one for kids is a fear of the dark. Mm-hmm. Nothing in my life is dark. And all of a sudden nighttime in the bedroom is dark. Mm-hmm. Nightlights are huge. They're awesome. Uh, and nightlights can be very, very fun. But hey, I remember. I'm, I still don't like the dark. <laughs> you don't, but you have a lot of issues. But the dark is, is I don't like the dark. You know, I, I, I like the closets closed. Yes. I, don't, I don't like the closet <laughs> open because it's like something can come out at me. I mean, how many people. The, the teddy bear that you got at the fair all of a sudden freaks you <laughs> yes. out instead of being nice and cute. Who sleeps with their arm hanging over the edge of the <laughs> Nobody does because you don't My know. My husband what's, does, what's actually. Cra- well, your husband needs medication. You, who knows what's crawling? out from under the bed. There's a fear of the unknown, and nighttime has a lot of stuff with that. And so I think when we're dealing with the bedtime for our children, especially the small child, and we'll talk about all all ages, but I think when we're dealing with it, we need to realize it's a real issue for everybody that nobody talks about, and uh, there was some fear involved. And it's across different ages, too. Mm -hmm. Circumstances, ages, you've got young ones. Mm -hmm. My stepkids, I've seen them grow up in the childhood from age five and up, and I just learned a new term term that I forgot who told me, but FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. So that is like the nine, 10 year old. Oh, I don't want to go to bed because one. I will miss out. That's what one of them told me the other day. I'm like, really? There's nothing you're going to miss. <laughs> yeah, you guys <laughs> might be maybe- talking about something that I'm interested in. And, and they start freaking out on me. I'm like, it's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go to bed. So do you think FOMO, this isn't that, you, you know, you've totally taken us down a ridiculous road here. We're talking about bedtime, but it's, I've never heard this phrase before. It's very cool. It explains why I have to have, if I'm 13 years old, my wireless device with me. Oh, yes. yeah. Because fear of missing the text, fear of missing all the things mm-hmm. that are going to change the universe, yes. or at least my little universe <laughs> in school. You mean you didn't know that this happened to so-and-so? <laughs> FOMO. You know what? I'm all of a sudden back being cool. I didn't know that phrase. <laughs> it sounds That's, a little weird, but it does make sense. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of places we could go. But so we should get back to the whole bedtime <laughs> issue right here. I think one of the challenges is is knowing when it's a power struggle. Yes. And only mommy probably knows. Is it a power struggle? Is it manipulation? Is my no not really mean no here? Because they go after it and after it and after it. And they work themselves up to the point where you do pick them up. And initially, all they wanted you to do was come in there and pick them up. But now they've worked themselves at 11 months old into such a frenzy that they don't even know how they got there. 
Well, and it's hard to know because, I mean, with infants, they have three-hour sleep patterns and they don't they don't know how to get themselves back to sleep. You know, we'll wake up after a three-hour sleep pattern and we'll roll over or we'll get up and go to the bathroom and then go get ourselves back to sleep. And an infant is learning how to do that. So, you know, I've learned with each stage as they're learning to do something like crawl or stand up or walk, that three-hour sleep pattern happens and Judah now pulls himself up and stands. Well, then he's instantly awake because no. it's, a, it's a new skill he's learned. No, no. So then you've got that and you've got, you know, the teeth, you've got, I mean, growing. it's growing, well, well, growing, growing pains. Gro- we call it growing pains. And it's a reality mm-hmm. uh, that wakes them up or a noise wakes them mm-hmm. up or, or something. And the goal is to get them at some point to manage it themselves. Yes. And it takes a long time and longer for some children. But the goal, because there is not only independence involved here, there's not only faith in God involved mm-hmm. here, there's not only trusting involved here, but the goal is to get them to the point where they do wake up and they put themselves back to sleep, mm-hmm. or they do have a bad dream and they get past it on their own. It takes a long time. But the goal is to teach them how to manage their stuff without having to call you, call you. And there's a trust in there that they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so bedtime is is bigger. The challenge is really important to think through it rather than do the convenient and bring them into bed with you. And that's okay. Uh, I know there's times to do that, but it can become the total answer that the child cries for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be in that room. And there's, a, again, more on this later, but there's just a lot that needs to take place for that child to learn this is your room or this is you and your brother's room or whatever it is so that they can begin the job of emancipating from mom and really begin the job of learning how by 25 years old to grab the hand of God. Bedtime is an interesting scenario. And let's face it, um, and this is going to totally throw off what I'm talking about, but there's probably only been four or five generations where people have had their own bedrooms and 10 generations are going for thousands of years prior to that. It was one big room that the the whole family lived in and slept in. Which we all find very strange. I don't right? know how they had babies, and no. I can't believe yeah. I said that out loud into the microphone. <laughs> well, that's what everyone's thinking, though. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we have these walls. We have we are alone, and we're dealing with night. Bedtime is, I will get you back in the room. Bedtime is, I don't want this to end, mm-hmm. this being, this hanging, this whatever. And it's, uh, I don't like being alone here. Um, and fears, I've got my fears. Okay, now you got to the point of manipulating the situation as opposed to a real need. With a baby? Sure, let's start there. Um, You can tell somewhat by their cries. I mean, I tend to be a little bit more sympathetic to my 11-month-old than my 3-year-old because, you know, my 3-year-old after the fourth potty trip no longer will need to go. Right. <laughs> but the infant, you know, when he's crying, he's he's still trying to figure it out and he's it's a little bit different. I mean, it, I also feel like you're instilling um even you're instilling trust even in that infant that you are still there. I mean, they're learning object permanence, they're learning, you know, are you still there when you leave the room? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you still exist outside my world? You know, so it's there's a lot going on for them, you do hear it a little more in their cry. Like if they're just checking to make sure or, you know, if they're screaming and they're hurting or, you know, and as we were talking about, it was interesting to think, you know, one of the first questions you're always asked as a new mom is, oh, are they sleeping through the night? Are they sleeping through the night? And it's like, there's this stress and pressure on a new mom. Is your child sleeping through the night? And it's like, oh no, he's not. You're a bad mom. I know. He's going to be in special the rest of his life because he's not sleeping through the night. And you know, the funny thing is, um, you look up the definition, if you look at some of the, your um, pediatrician books and sleeping through the night is five hours, Mm -hmm. but you're not told that as a mom, you're thinking like eight to 12 hours, your child should be sleeping. And you know, so it's just, there's a lot 
lot of pressure on this bedtime. Thing. There's a lot of pressure on moms. I, I will say that your your question was interesting to me, Ruthie, because raising Tori and Roby, Rosemary could tell what I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. She could tell by the crying whether she needed to get up and go immediately or she could tell by the crying whether she just needed to get on back there at some point or it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I, they all sounded the same to me. I mean, it's like a mom thing, I think. She just knew the panic or the not panic and uh, that if I don't get back there, he's going to work himself into something yes. serious. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's it's a mom ear or something like that. I, I think the, the, the problem is they need to be able to trust – when they call you and are in need that you are going to show up, Mm -hmm. but you need to be able to decipher, is this just blatant rebellion? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with Roby, he would call us back in the room. And and, uh, And what age does the rebellion start? uh, Well, you and I are going to disagree on this. I think it starts earlier. I, I think rebellion, I think wanting what I want probably starts a little after a year old. But what is childish behavior and what is rebellion? I just drank water. What is that? Say that again. <laughs> where is the line of what is childish behavior and what is where oh, is the great. crossing the line that's of great. rebellion? That's great. Well, I, I need to expect my child to act like a child. Yes. I expect my child not to love all the rules and I need to expect my child to push the boundaries. It's when we have defined the boundaries and you see that child that you know that the they know that they know and they're pushing mm-hmm. and they're just pushing. Again, yes, they're pushing because they're children. And here's what you have to decide. I don't want them to always be children. Uh, And so you decide this is one we're going to take on. We said to stay in bed. You need to stay in bed. And we need to decide what the consequence is for that. Mm -hmm. And we need to decide what the big warning was. Now, the warning didn't work with Roby because Roby would call us back and call us back and call us back. And I finally said to him, call us if it's an emergency, Roby. Mm -hmm. And I can hear his voice now calling me. It's emergencies, Daddy. It's emergencies. (laughs) I have to define what emergency is in our house. And, oh yeah, it got, There's it blood. got worse and worse and worse and worse. And uh, he had a fear of the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tori just didn't have that fear of the dark. He had a lot of fears, but he had a fear of the dark. And, and so <laughs> you, you, you just have to know your child and the sensitivities of your child. And it is that balance. Can the child trust you when I really need you? But Roby, uh, in a manner of speaking, can I trust you? to learn this and not call me for something that's that's just to get me in the room. This whole bedtime thing is a challenge worthy of talking about because it, it, it involves later development and later decisions a child's going to make. You've been listening to Dr. Bob Barnes and Tori Roberts from Sheridan House Family Ministries here on Parenting on Purpose. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And if you'd like more resources to help you in your parenting journey, find them online at shfm.org. All the proceeds go to help the children's homes at Sheridan House, or you can support the children's homes directly by sending a two-letter text, SH, and sending that to 41518, and that'll add $10 to your cell phone bill, but give that straight to the children's homes. If you missed any part of today's program, you want to hear it again or share it with another mom or another parent, find that online at parentingonpurpose.org, where you can even sign up to get the programs automatically. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue this conversation on dealing with bedtime on Parenting on Purpose.